0: in front of me. But I, I honestly mean that, and I want to just say before we start with today's word that worshiping with your, your pastors and worshiping with this body has been something I've longed to do for a long, long time. I've been watching you from afar. I've been, I've been watching the, the, the YouTube and the Facebook stuff so I can see the worship, because I guess you can't put that on YouTube for some reason. But it's okay. I found a way to find it. We
1: don't do it either
0: yeah we yeah but we love you we love you family very much and I know some of you I know and some of you I don't know and I won't bore you with who I am you can come and talk to us afterwards while we're apparently getting to eat some beautiful and great food you can ask us anything and uh, talk to us and question us on anything we do because we want to be closer with you and that's how that happens Um, but I want to I want to do something as we start um so that Pastor Jake and I can feel even more at home. Um, and that can make you nervous, but it's not going to. We do something in our body where uh, after we worship or at the end of our prayer, uh, we always say amen. amen. And you say amen. Yeah, that's how it works. But what we like to do is we like to continue that. And we say amen again. Amen. And you get louder. Amen. And then we do, we do that three times. And it just drives home. Uh, our unity. Okay, so can we do that together? Come on! All right. Amen. Amen. And amen. amen. And amen. amen. Hallelujah! That was wonderful. I'm gonna challenge our. We're gonna challenge our church family back home because that was loud. That was much louder than I received at home. So we could blame it on the ceilings and the the reverberation or whatever that's called. But uh, that was loud. That was beautiful. Stirred up Jacob. Oh man, Jacob. I'm so sorry. I won't do it again. I thought with worship that would just be normal. But that was a little loud. Sorry, buddy. You're a handsome man of God, and you'll be shouting that in no time, I know. But anyway, so Pastor Jake and Pastor Zeke and myself have been thanking and praying for you guys for the past few weeks and months, and we've been watching your sermons as well. We've been seeing where the Lord has placed you, where these wonderful, amazing pastors have been taking you through the word and through the book of Colossians Uh, and it's been encouraging it's been life-giving to our souls along with yours and I want you to know that because I want you to feel the weight of the word that your pastors are bringing you know they're not getting this stuff from books and they're getting it from a book but they're not getting it from something already pre-written online they're warring for you and for your souls and they're contending Uh, and they are worthy men to follow uh, and I'm finding that they're reproducing after their kind as I've met men in this room and I've met and seen the mothers in this room and the children in this room. This is you're following worthy men and it has a produce in your life. Uh, and it's, it's truly beautiful the way you open your homes and the way that you uh, function amongst your, your children and the way these wives work effortlessly to... Uh, pour out into their children with great, great travail. Uh, We know we have some kids back home. uh, We know how hard these women work and how hard they fight and how hard you men contend and work with them. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. It's the pattern of the kingdom. Uh, So it's encouraging and it's beautiful. And I'm seeing men uh, like Avery and Dylan and these men that are being raised up and positioned and placed. uh, And they're following a pattern. Uh, We're all nobodies. (laughs) Very unlikely men. I'm an unlikely one. Uh, the world would say who qualified you what what right do you have and I say the Holy Spirit did it I didn't ask for it he he did these things and he does these things for you and it's and it's beautiful now to see uh, what the produce of a life well spent brings Um, so our message title today will be the forge of fellowship the forge of fellowship and we've really been challenged even in the past 24 hours Right, You come and you think, we got, we got a word, it's coming together, this is going to be great. And then the Lord drops something on you, and you're like, we got to rework this. The, the, the beautiful, pretty, typed out plan is not going to be uh, always what the Lord says. He's going to say, I'll give you my word, and you speak what I say. So we changed up a little bit according to the Holy Spirit, and so now we have this forge of fellowship that we want to bring before you this morning. Um, and so we're blessed to have fellowship, Right. You're blessed by the fellowship of your brothers and sisters in this room. And so are we. And the surrounding churches that your pastor was talking about uh, here in the states and across the nations, uh, we're blessed by those brothers and sisters. Always. Though we might not see them face to face as often as we like, as your pastor said, we're going to challenge that a little bit. Uh, We're going to start calling and talking and not just saying, Oh, when's a good time? What's this time look like? We're going to say January 25th or whenever it was. We're going to be there. We're going to begin doing that together as a body across these nations and states. And it's going to do something in your fellowship. And as this message builds, we hope and pray that you'll see the the true weight and meaning of your fellowship. And what it's bringing to your life. You know, not always just watching a movie uh, and eating donuts, right? It's more than that. It goes. That's a good thing. I'm not against eating donuts or watching some movies. But it's deeper than that. There's something that you lament and you cry and you war together. And that fellowship forges you together. We're truly a blessed people, though, to know this truth. This song that your pastor and I'm assuming some brothers and sisters together have wrote is absolutely a precious gem that you have here, this Thanksgiving song. I know there's many other ones that I haven't heard yet that come from the, uh, the heart of this church. But this one has impacted us. I want you to know that. I want you to know that this will go back to Virginia. And this will be sung in submission ministries and declared. Uh, And we will think of you often as we think of your progress in the kingdom. Okay. But it's beautiful what the Lord has given us. And at the fire, I want to mention that we had and heard testimonies. uh, And we're hearing and watching the people and the lives be touched around us. And it's evident. And we pray that this word that we have today, uh, we're confident in it that it is going to challenge us a bit. We're here, we're here to affirm and uh, praise and give you a great adoration to what you've been working to. And we want to give a word that presses you further into fellowship with your brothers. That you'll see a more and a greater importance and a greater opportunity to serve one another. Okay? The forge of fellowship. Can you say that? The forge of fellowship. Can you say it one more time quietly, though? <laughs> Jacob can handle it. He's... He's going to be all right. I just want him smiling at me for the rest of the service. That's all I want. Okay? So the forge of fellowship. Your pastors have referenced some things that I just wanted to bring back up. And it'll be, it'll be in brief. But your pastor Mike referenced uh, Philemon or Philemon. What do y'all say? Philemonion. Philemon it is what it is. You say what you like. But it's in the fourth verse and it says this. In summary, a key... To the door of the Father's heart or key to the, uh, the true root and heart of fellowship comes from you loving one another. Yeah. Comes from your love and your service and your devotion to one another. Not just in the good times. Not just with those brothers that are easy to love. Not just with those sisters that are so easy to get along with and you just love being with them. It says to love each other. If they're in the kingdom and they're in your family, then you must love them and serve them. It's such, a, it's such a truth, and yet it's a powerful revelation when we realize it, but also when we walk it out. Your pastor, Kaysen also brought some beautiful truths last week. And uh, he was in Genesis, which happens to be one of my absolute favorites. But he was talking, and he was talking about the, the principle versus the presence. And he, he made a quote in there that I won't quote the whole thing, but he spoke about the improper view of Christology and the improper view of Christ. And the improper view taking that further, the improper view of fellowship and suffering and laboring for one another and paying a great cost to be around each other, I believe the improper view of that that your pastor was speaking about has weakened the gospel. It's flattened it and watered it down so that it's easy received and so it's kind of like the tickling of ears when you hear words. And this church does not do that. We've observed it from afar, and now we're getting to observe it from close proximity As we sit and we have fun with these pastors and brothers. Uh, And we laugh and we can cry and we can do all things together. Because the word tells us to. This remnant here and the remnant that is represented all around the world through this association. uh, They're true brothers and sisters. I believe that they are true brothers and sisters. I have family that I am nowhere near as in love with as I am in love with your Pastor Mike. And your Pastor Landon. And your Pastor Devin and Pastor Kaysen. And this whole body, the more I meet and the more people I see and get to talk to, the more we fall in love. Men like Joshua are, are men that I feel like I've known my whole life. I just want to take him back with us. But we won't do that because he's needed here and you need him. It is prohibited. It actually can't happen. Mike will never invite us back if we start taking people back with us. We couldn't get him to leave. No, no, no. He won't be balked. It's too much here for him. There's some beautiful things happening in his life. I've heard testimony. Yeah, that's right. We know some things. We know some things. You get to be privy to certain little things like that, but apparently all of you are, so praise God.
1: They know why they're shouting.
0: Yeah, that's a good word. So our messages back home recently have been on a bit in Acts 2. Acts 2. 41 through 47 in particular, and we will circle back around to that, but I just wanted to make mention. Are you familiar with Acts 2 a little bit? A little bit of the uh, devoting yourselves to the teaching? A little bit about the breaking of bread and the fellowshipping together? A little bit about the praying together? Um, What was the the fourth one? A little bit of the devotion, the prayer, the breaking of bread, the teaching? You're familiar with these things. What he's saying uh, is convincing them of their faith is that they are doing these things together. Just keep that in your mind. Keep that in your mind and keep that in mind that that is not an option. Those things are non-optional in our walk with Christ. And if you begin to make them optional, you're going to begin to reap a produce that doesn't look like your brothers that are making it non-optional. You're going to begin to see things in your life that look a little different and you're going to be like, "Well, what what is going on? I love Jesus." He's going to say, "Yeah, but are you following my patterns and my ways?" it's just something we've been wrestling with. Uh, Pastor Jake and I have had a lot of, a lot of great, uh, we've received a lot of great enjoyment of being here with your, with your family. Um, and we know that the word that the Lord has given us, we're confident and we believe this is the right word for the right time for this body.
1: Yes.
0: And so I want to make mention of a few things before Pastor Jake begins to take us into the depths of the word. And he won't let you drown there. He's going to hold us up and we're going to be fed. We're going to be fed. This is a life wrath that he's going to give us as he takes us through it. I want to mention something to you about a crucible. Has anybody ever heard of a crucible? Oh yeah. You have? Wow, that's good. I had not heard much about it, so I did some research in, in part. Um, a crucible. I'm going to read one of the definitions for a crucible. And I believe that remnant and the, the association of churches, the bride of Christ... Uh, That is even larger than the association. There's other brothers and sisters out there doing this. We just got to find them and encourage them and and let them encourage us. There are pockets. There are remnants around. But I believe, speaking to this body, that this is a remnant. It's a great name. And it's true of you. But I believe you are like a crucible. A crucible is this. A place or a situation. We're going to go with place. A place in which consecrated forces interact to cause or to influence change or development. Okay? It's a, it can seem sophisticated. I'm not a sophisticated person at all. But I believe that Remnant is this crucible, this place. And I believe that you, church, are the ignots. Not ignorant, but ignots. You know what that is? Huh? No, no, no. You're, they're pieces. They're pieces of silver or metals. Uh, you've seen like blocks of gold, right? The big ones. These are little pieces of metal, precious metals, any type of metal. I believe you are those pieces of metal. And this is the crucible. This is the, the forge, if you will, the fire. And so this being the remnant, which is the crucible, and you being those ignots, those consecrated forces that the Lord has chosen and set apart. He's placed you here and he's heating you up at times. He's eating you up, he's warming you up in fellowship. Sometimes it hurts, sometimes you wanna be offended. Who wants to be offended? (laughs) Come on, honesty's good. Who wants to be honest? Yeah, when we're offended, we're we're not receiving that fire, we're running from the fire. We're letting our flesh get in the way. We're letting this distract us of what the Lord is saying. I'm trying to forge something in you. I've placed you in a body, you think that was a mistake? If you think that's a mistake, This is not a cult. It's not. We get that all the time. You get that a little bit? Oh, we love it. Because we get to say, it's not. There's a door. There's a door. We don't have doors, but we have a tent door. We say, it's not a cult if you don't love this and like this and want this. I cannot force you to want it and like it and love it. But if you do like it and love it and see the biblical meaning and weight and power of it, of the true fellowship and you want to be forged and made into something worthy for the king, yes. I'll tell you, this is the place to do it. This is the place for that to happen. Yes. And I'm not saying it's easy. Not at all. Not in the least bit. If it was easy, the world would be doing it already. and We wouldn't be in the mess we're in. But you're called to sacrifice. You're called to pay a price. Yes. Good. You're called to lay it all down before your father. And I promise you, he's worthy. All the sacrifice and the things that you get to lay down for Him, I'm telling you, He's good. So this is a crucible, saints. And if you will stay and remain and and allow the heat to interact with you and influence your life and your family's life, guess what? Your sons and daughters are going to be raised up differently. I'm so grateful for the body of Christ that the Lord placed us in. That means you. Because my sons and daughters are different. They just are. And look at the children in here. They're different. They're different. They're worshiping. I love watching Judah. Oh, my God. I love it. Because you know what he wants? He wants to be like his daddy. He wants to be like his daddy. Oh, man. That happens in a crucible. That happens in a fire. There's nowhere else to look. Anyway, I have to move on. So remnant's a place of fire, a place of change. You are the items or the ignots. You are the pieces of silver, the gold, the metals, the precious things that he's heating up and he's designed to change forever. Just Romans 12 and then we're going to dive in. Romans 12 says this, I urge you, brothers, by the mercies of God, present your lives as holy living sacrifices. That's your pastor Matthew Pirro's verse. Uh, Anybody in here who's a worshiper and has been brought up in his house and under his teaching know very well that he'll use this verse in every sermon if he can. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. And do not be like this world. Don't need to talk any further about that. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and that which is acceptable and that which is perfect. Oh, you remain in the crucible, saints, and you don't run from that forge of fellowship as you're going to see in these scriptures as we navigate. You're going, to, you're going to be brought up into something beautiful. Your children, your wives, your husbands that are being raised up, they're going to be brought up and stood up to something beautiful. Yeah. And it is precious. Amen? Amen.
1: Hallelujah. Everyone say, forge of fellowship. Forge of fellowship. As Pastor Zach is sharing with us, have, have you all not felt, in fellowship, the heat? Have you not all felt the challenge? That part that your flesh says, Man, why are we doing this? Oh, it hates why this. are we here? It's it hot. <laughs> because out. to be with God's people, to be in the presence of God's people, pulling from Pastor Kaysen, I means to be in the presence of God. Yeah. Your flesh doesn't like that very much. Yeah. and so inevitably the fellowship of the Saints together is a forge come on you are all in the crucible right now yeah as Pastor Zach is saying you are valuable pieces of precious metal yeah the Lord is seeking to break down the thing about a crucible is that it does two things it purifies the contents within it and it forms them together. You begin with separate parts with plenty of impurities within them. And as the heat gets turned up, each individual part begins to break down. And then each bit of impurity begins to rise to the top. For that perfect, uh, that uh, I guess a metallurgist is what you call them, uh, to scrape off the dross from the top of that metal or to get rid of that impurity. And then what remains is the very precious valuable uh, characteristic of that metal that the lord has been melting down lord. and melding together yep amen. the lord is doing that yeah. through fellowship yeah. amen you know what begins with pastor zach said eating donuts watching movies that's nice isn't it it's not bad and it's a very important part of what we do <laughs> unless you're gluten sensitive then you should mix the donuts but this sort of fellowship, it's very important. But you notice that early on, the first things that start to go are your own impurities, your yeah. own bits of selfishness. Yeah. And as it heats up and the impurities leave and the bonding comes together, as it gets just more and more beautiful, let's jump right into the scriptures here. Come on. Go to Colossians chapter 1. I don't know if you know where Colossians is, it's in the New Testament. Yes, you should have some very worn out pages right there. Your pastors have been in Colossians with you. Um, the beautiful truths, they come out in conversation with you all, which I love, yep. Testified to you all. You are eating the words of God. You are committed to the teaching of the apostles. And so I'm seeing in your conversation and in your lives, the truths that your pastors have been giving you. In Colossians, you all have talked about how you don't just dwell in the light, but you are filled with the light. And you are to be the light. You are the light wherever you go. And that we don't stop conveniently at that truth that the fullness of the Godhead was pleased to dwell bodily within Jesus. Right? It's kind of convenient to stop there, right? But the greater truth is that but the fullness of the Godhead that was pleased to dwell within Jesus is now dwelling within me. 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 What you all have been talking about is how you are throwing off yourselves, being purified, putting on Christ, being filled up with him. Or to say it like a real spirit-filled man again, being filled. <laughs> being filled. Let's be filled, y'all. I'm from Ohio, so I love that. Um, Spirit field. You begin to throw off your old self because you're being filled. You are becoming you are the light of God in Christ. Yes. You, are, you are filled with all of who God is, to be a testament to who He is, right? Amen. To your own family and to the world. Where are we going with this? Go to Colossians chapter one. That's good. Look at verse 24. Says this. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, I rejoice in my mm-hmm. sufferings. Uh oh. Okay. Not surprising. We know Paul. He's very weird. He likes sufferings. And so do we. Because we are in the crucible. I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. For whose sake? The Colossians' sake. For you. He says, I rejoice. I'm filled with joy. I'm leaping filled yes, with joy Lord. because I am suffering for you, for your sake, in service to you because I love you. And in my flesh, I do my share on behalf of his body, the church. I'm doing my share. Does that mean that it's all Paul's responsibility? He's doing a share. That means got part. there are some others who are supposed to share. Yeah. But I do my share, Paul says, on behalf of his body, which is the church, in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Now, we all love Jesus way too much. We've all been educated so soundly now in our Christology to know that there was nothing lacking in Jesus' afflictions. like, Like it wasn't finished on the cross. He did it, right? Did he pay for your sin debt? Painful on the cross. Did his suffering and bleeding and dying atone for your sin yes. completely?
0: Come on. Is there any atonement left
1: that you need? Yeah. Jesus has atoned He's for your sins. All. But Paul the great theologian says there's something lacking in Christ's afflictions. Mm. Something lacking in Christ's afflictions. Go back to the beginning of the verse. I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And with this body, this physical body, I share on behalf of the church in filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions. What is he saying here? He's saying my sufferings and my afflictions that I have experienced in coming to you, in serving you, have displayed for you the suffering Christ that you never got to see. Does everyone in this world see the light of Jesus right now? They do not. But isn't Jesus' light enough? Surely is. But why don't they see it? Yeah. Because there aren't enough people living as the light of Jesus. Yeah. Does everybody know and is everyone encountering God Himself in this world right now? No. Because there aren't enough Jesus followers walking as those who are filled with all of who he is Amen. so is all of the world and are all of your brothers really taking hold of the love and the beauty of Christ's sacrifice displayed in his afflictions all the time no because we aren't fellowshipping with one another in a way that costs us the way it costs Jesus yep. Paul is saying I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions yep. because his physical afflictions aren't on display for you unless I'm going to display them for you. Yep. Does this make sense? Yep. Let me give you some examples here. I want you to see that fellowship is a crucible. It's a forge. Yeah. Paul is seeking to be bound together in Christ with, with the body of Christ all, in all of Asia, all of the known world. And the way he's being bound to them is by suffering as Christ suffered oh, in their yeah. presence. To be with them, to teach them, to impart to them. Is it, this makes sense, yes? Yeah. So I want you to go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Yeah. So I just want to read this to you. Maybe this could mean that Christ's afflictions... Sorry, this is something else, but just go to Philippians 2. It says, maybe this could mean that Christ's afflictions are not just the display of God's love to us... But our afflictions for the cause of Jesus are the display of God's love for others manifest in us. The afflictions of Christ displayed before all men at Calvary in Colossians were now on display to the churches of Asia in the afflictions of Paul. Christ's brotherly love did not fall short of reaching the Colossians because the ongoing display of that brotherly love was demonstrated in the Christ-like sufferings of his faithful Apostle and servant Paul
0: yeah thank you God
1: you hear this are you in, are you in Philippians too? Yes. everyone say Epaphroditus Epaphroditus these are men who loved Paul and loved his way of life Paul says this in verse 25 I thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your messenger and minister to my need. Did you hear that? Epaphroditus was sent from Philippi to minister to Paul. Isn't that fellowship? Isn't that brotherly love? Isn't that service and ministry to the body of Christ? It's beautiful. He caught a plane, plane, real easy, quick-like. Loads of money. Cost him something. No, this cost him something. Let's keep reading. It's good. Because he was, looking, he was longing for you all and was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. For indeed, he was sick to the point of death. This brother, in an effort to connect the love of the church of Philippi to Paul in his imprisonment, nearly cost this man his life Epaphroditus nearly died expressing God's love from the church of Philippi to Paul It nearly killed Epaphroditus. Yeah, Did you see that? Yeah. That's costly fellowship, isn't it? Yeah. Let's keep reading He was sick to the point of death, but God had mercy on him and not on him only But also on me so that I would not have sorrow upon sorrow Therefore, I have sent him all the more eagerly, so that when you see him again, you may rejoice, and I may be less concerned about you. Receive him then in the Lord with all joy, and hold men like him in high regard, because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was deficient or lacking in your service to me. What does that mean? The whole church of Philippi couldn't show up at the prison to encourage Paul. But someone had to go. And at great cost to himself, he arrived in, in Philippi, or sorry, he arrived in Rome to encourage Paul. Yeah. And it nearly cost him his life. Yeah. But do you know what happened? It strengthened Paul, and yep. it strengthened Philippi. And there was a bond that was forged oh, at a high cost to a brother. Everyone say, forge of fellowship.
0: Forge of fellowship.
1: You see how fellowship becomes more costly the more mature we grow in Christ? Yeah. The more the heat turns up, the more the impurities are removed, and the more we're melded together. But man, it comes at a high cost. Yeah. Let's go one more place. Because we got examples in the word yeah. of men who know what it is to forge something precious in the forge of fellowship. First Corinthians chapter 16. I'm going to read verses 15 through 18. If you're tracking with me, I want you to say, forge us, Lord. Forge us, Lord. Come on. He's removing impurities and he's binding us together as the heat gets turned up. 1 Corinthians 16, verse 15. Paul says, I urge you, brethren. you know the household of Stephanus." that they were the first fruits of Achaia, yep. and that they have devoted themselves from ministry to the saints. You heard of this guy. His whole house has given himself over entirely to serve the body of Jesus. You heard of him, right? I urge you that you also be in subjection to, to such men and to everyone who helps in the work and labors. I rejoice over the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus because they have supplied what was lacking on your part. Do you hear that again? Something's lacking on the part of the Corinthians to Paul. Namely, it's just their presence. And it costs these brothers dearly to come and present the love of the body of Christ in Corinth to Paul. You see this? This is a fellowship being forged at a high cost. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge such men. Come on. Now, I don't want to get too far in either direction. I just want to be very clear with what I think the Lord is placing upon us. Okay? I'm praying this morning. Lord, please burn this into my heart. I I don't want to be double-minded. I don't want to just speak. I want this to be true in my life. I want to understand how precious is fellowship. Because, one, I need it, and it's what accomplishes God's work. And it's hot, and it's difficult, and it's it's a test. Yeah. But we're seeing in the word here that just as you are called to be the light of Jesus, just as you are called and qualified to be filled with all of who God is, so you are called to suffer like Jesus. Not just because, oh, we're suffering like Jesus. Like, you know, we just say that. There's a reason for it. Because that's what binds the body of Christ together. That's what encourages the brothers. That's what protects the work of God. That's what completes the work of God. That's what declares the wonderful power of the gospel, even if you already believe the gospel. The, the display of Christ's afflictions for the sake of yes, encouraging yeah. you makes the gospel and its power very real to you. And it changes the way you walk. Yeah. Yeah. Power. Everyone say, the forge of fellowship. The forge
0: of fellowship. Look, I want to read this to you before we move forward because we wrote a main point, okay? So it's really good to say that a few times so that you keep getting it. Pastor Jake just spoke on it a little bit more. It's this. Jesus showed up. Come on, somebody say, show up. up. Good. He showed up and he suffered for 12 men in particular, but ultimately for the nations. He suffered well for them. And he did this to put on a display of his love for you and for us. Now, in the death of Jesus Christ, That type of sacrifice then displayed in his life and in his words and the way he spoke. It showed the disciples everything because he lived a life. And then he died and rose again. But he lived a life. And he did what they did and he he suffered well in it. And he was put to death and rose again to show us a word lived out in a life. Okay? The, the, the word is alive and active, right? And if the word's in you, then you should be alive like the word. And the word should be one with you just as it is with Christ. So that being said, the very presence of God is in his sons and daughters. And it should be operating as such. It's the way that he always intended. is for you to live as living sacrifices, right? Now I look at Ms. Chin and Pastor Mike. And I see, exemplify, they hate when we do this. They both look away from me. But I see a life, I see a life that's lived much like Christ. Okay? That's a life that is, that is lived, but they've had to make decisions. And they've had to walk down certain roads. And they've had to leave places. They've had to uproot and move and, and sell things. All of this. And they don't talk about it. Because that's not what their life is, a, is about but that sacrifice as they have followed Christ as example they would tell you this there's nothing new it's just follow the patterns of the word but i am edifying them by saying that they're living a life like Christ and, and they won't they don't talk about it and they're not trying to build themselves up but they're doing that and in that they're dying to the to themselves to encourage others the others are you and me in the association of churches, and everyone that will come and be in the crucible with them. (laughs) They're not separated from the crucible because they're pastors. None of these pastors are. They're all in it with you. Right? They're suffering too. Are their houses not open to you? (laughs) Is is everything they have not at your disposal? They love you. That's all. They want nothing from you other than they want you to stay in the crucible talk to them, interact with them. That's what Jesus did. That's all we're doing. Amen? So I say that to, to then get back to this, okay? It costs something. Would we go if it cost us? We're looking to walk a certain way. We're looking to live lives a certain way. We're saying fellowship cost us something. Look, it's not, I'm not saying that, that that fellowship that we've talked about a couple of times now with the eating and fellowshipping, laughing together, that is beautiful and it must be done. And I'm not crossing the other line saying where you can never sleep and you must always be with each other and get caught up in that legalistic way too, though you lean that way, apparently. But look, that, doesn't, that also doesn't make you, that also is not, doesn't have to always be, that's part of the crucible now. Please don't twist my words and say, see, pastor, I don't have to stay up that late. You'll know, you interact with the Holy Spirit and your pastors and you'll know, you'll know when you're missing out because your flesh is upset and you want to just get away. And you'll know when I need to go be with my family or I need to go sleep because I got to get up at three and go to work. You're being responsible. I trust that. And I trust that when your flesh rises up, you're going to test that in the crucible. This is it. It all happens in here. Okay. And you just have to trust the process. Sometimes it won't turn out like you want it to, but that's okay because that's not the end. There's things in my life that I'm like, why did that have to happen? And then years or months later, I'm like, oh, I see now. I see now what you're doing, Father. It's good. Pastor uh, Kaysen talked about that, the legalism. There's, there's two sides of that. So as we walk and we submit our ways to this process, we will naturally be refined in the way we walk. And this refinement is being forged together, forged in the fellowship, costing you something—the price we pay. We say it over and over again. I want you to turn now to Second Timothy, chapter one. Amen. And when you get there, say "forged in fellowship." Oh. Oh.
2: Okay.
0: Cool. That's all right. Come on, refine us, Father. Come on, mighty King, we love you and we thank you, Father, that you are desiring to refine us. That we won't, we won't hesitate to ask you of that because we know that you are, a, you are a good God, a good heavenly Father. One who is watching over that which he is refining. That who will not leave it in the fire too long and will not pull it out too fast but you know just the right amount of heat and you know just the right amount of trial and you know just the right amount of blessing to give to your sons and daughters because you have purpose for them in this house. You have great plans for them in this house and you desire to give them good things, Lord. So we pray that in your name and we ask that you open up our eyes. Open up our eyes to the truth around us in these words. And open up our eyes around us to the weight and value of the fellowship in which you've placed us. The crucible in which you have us standing right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Second Timothy 1. I won't read it all, but I have written in my notes 3 through 14. So maybe jot that down. But it says this. I thank God whom I serve with a clear conscience. The way my forefathers did. Pattern, 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 pattern. He's following after. He said, I constantly remember you in my prayers night and day, longing to see you even as I recall your tears, so that I may be filled with joy. He's filled with joy how? As he recalls the tears and the lament with his brothers and his sisters. Like, I was challenged by some of these words, many of them, and especially as we're thinking of Paul. We're using Paul pretty much this whole, this whole message, okay? And it's, it's, it's plenty. But I was challenged by the fact that we came here just as Paul goes out to encourage. And I think of the sacrifice that Paul paid. And I think of us getting on our airplane and passing out cookies and drinks to me on the airplane and how pampered we are, just how spoiled I am. Hey, can I get some more ice? I mean, come on. But how selfish and prideful and wicked that, that we can become in our flesh when we don't try to relate to the sufferings of these men and women. Now, again, I feel like I'm having to say this a lot, but again, I'm not saying any of that is bad in and of itself. But if that becomes what you are relying on for you to progress the gospel, then I would say get deeper in that crucible. Put yourself in there a little more often so that you can realize and perceive that which is actually fellowship okay so it says this i am mindful of the sincere faith within you which first dwelt in your grandmother lois and your mother eunice and i am sure that it's in you as well it's generational it's being passed down in the patterns we'll skip ahead verse 12 says this for this reason i also suffer these things but i am unashamed for i know whom i have believed And I am convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until the day. Retain the standard of sound words which you have heard from me in faith and love which are in Christ Jesus. Guard through the Holy Spirit who dwells in us the treasure. The what? The treasure which has been entrusted to you. I'm saying a treasure has been entrusted to you. And it's fellowship. And I'm just saying that we need to see fellowship a little bit differently. Not completely different. Because you're doing well in fellowship. But adjusting in these uh, micro-adjustments so that we hit the target when we end up way downrange. Okay? Now moving on, we're going to see something pretty cool. We're becoming convinced of something through the suffering. And in 2 Timothy 1, still, we're going to move on to the 15th verse. Amen? You're there? Yeah. On a cipherous. Onasipherus. I write it in my notes so I can pronunciate it. Can y'all say that? That was great. Onasipherus. Now, Paul says this. You are aware of the fact that all, how many of them? All. all. who were in Asia turned away from me. That could be sad. If you all got up right now and left, I'd be, I'd be a little saddened. But I trust that my brother would encourage me and we would be strengthened. And the Holy Spirit would we minister got this. to him. We got this. No, that seems funny, but this is reality, okay? This is a strong reality for your brother Paul. They're turning their back on him and walking out. Okay, you're there a little bit better. You're there a little deeper. They turned away from me, among whom are... You're supposed to fill that in for me, so I don't have to read it. These two men... They were among them. They must have been important because they were listed by name. <laughs> the Lord grant mercy to the house of Onociphorus, though, for he often refreshed me and was not Shamed. He was Shamed of my chains. He said, I'm not worried, Paul. You're a man of God. I'm not worried that you're in chains and me being with you could have me in chains or could have me arrested and put exactly where you are. I'm not worried that everyone turned their back on you, and that means if I stand with you, maybe they're going to relate us as friends and they're going to turn their back on me too. Now, Onesiphorus did not care about that. He encouraged his brother. He stood beside him. And guess what? It gets, it gets more beautiful because it says, when he was in Rome, he eagerly searched for me, and he found me. Yeah, He didn't have uh, Facebook or Google Maps to do this with either. Couldn't search him up and find his address online. As we like to say, the Google didn't help him. It said the Lord grant him mercy yeah. to find me. Yep. And the Lord grant to him and to his family and his house mercy on that day. And then he says this. You know very well what services he rendered at Ephesus. Well, and this man was known for this. Yeah. Apparently on a cipherus. His service was so faithful and so outstanding that it had become famous. Paul could simply tell Timothy, hey, hey, you know. Come on, I could be like, you guys, you know, you know, Devin. You know. You know he searched me out. You know he knew I was hurting. You know he knew that everybody had turned their back on me. And you know he searched me out. He was famous. And Onesiphorus lived up to the meaning of his name. You know what his name meant? You know what his name meant? His name meant help bringer. Wow. On a cipheris, the help bringer. Good. Come on now, are we living up to our names as sons of God? Oh, yeah. oh, oh what does that name mean? Yeah. If Lift you're your a name. son and daughter of God, what does that mean? Oh, it hurts. Your name is your aim, right? Your name is your aim. That's, yeah, That's not me. I'm quoting your pastors. This I don't. Might say like I have that. nothing new under the sun. I repeat what I hear from good men, not all men. Right, Devin? (laughs) Nothing? All right, go to Philemon. Philemon. You won't get me. All right. We're going to the eighth verse. verse. There's That's one great. chapter. Chapter 8 of Philemon. <laughs> chapter 1. You know well, you know well there's one chapter in there. Don't get it twisted. We're going we're to hear another beautiful name. And not a beautiful name because the pronunciation will be so great, but another beautiful name because this is another Son of God who is doing what he's called to do and is not afraid of the crucible, and is not afraid of being forged, and not afraid of sacrificing for his brother. What do we say? It's dying for our brother's vision. Yeah. Or often what I like to say too is living for our brother's vision, yeah. which can be harder. Yeah. You know, I'll take a bullet for Jake any day of the week to rescue him and his family from harm. Thank you. And a lot of people say, oh, of course you say that. No, I would. I would, I promise. But how much harder is it now for me to live out all of my days Sacrificing for my brother and for his vision and for his family to succeed. Yep. Yeah. You know, to each your own, it might be harder for you to take the bullet. That's fine. But just wrestle with both of those. Howard. Living, <laughs> living, living and dying. You know, living and dying. It's, it's, it is challenging. Yep. Not trying to make one greater than the other. I'm just saying they both cost yep. you something. So in the eighth verse, we, we, we read, Therefore, though, I have enough confidence in Christ in order. Christ to order you to do that which is proper. Verse 9. Yet for love's sake, I rather appeal to you. Since I am such a person as Paul. The aged and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus. He wore these things with a sense of of Christ-like pride. A badge of honor. He says, I appeal to you for my child whom I have begotten in my imprisonment. Onesimus. Onesimus, who formerly was useless to you, but now is useful both to you and to me. Like this guy became useful in the kingdom because he was willing to sacrifice to encourage his brothers and sisters. And now he says, I'm, I have sent him back to you in person. And that, Paul says this, okay, just hear it. He says, and that is sending my very heart Oh, he thought a lot of this guy, huh? He thought a lot of this man. There's something about men and women who will stand with each other in trial and adversity when the world has turned their back. There's something about brothers and sisters who are forged in fellowship or forged in the fire of fellowship. He says, I'm sending you my very heart. And he's saying, I wish that I would have kept him with me, but that in your behalf he might minister to me In my imprisonment for the gospel. But without your consent, I did not want to do anything. That your goodness should not be, as it were, by compulsion. But of your own free will. Look, there's so much power that we're seeing in these men's life. As Pastor Jake brought you a few and I deliver you those few and lay them at your feet to say, search out their lives. Search out the scriptures for more of these examples so that you can be encouraged. So that you can be stood up right. You can be stood up rightly there's so much power and there's so much encouragement in the words of Paul and there was so much power in the words of him wanting to keep this brother but saying no I must send him so that it'll be better for you the cost again we're going to keep saying it. the cost is in your serving one another the cost is seen to the world does the world see that does your family see that your your family here but also your some of your actual family because we all get to have family issues with our actual family at times when we're walking a certain way in the kingdom. But our prayer in this is that they're watching you love each other, and because of that, that genuineness of fellowship will be consistent over time. And I'm not talking a couple weeks. That'd be nice. And Maybe sometimes it happens. But I'm talking years and years and years of consistent walking with each other in this crucible. They're going to eventually say, yeah, you know what? I don't think they're crazy. I don't think, they're, I don't think they've lost it. I think they have their finger on something that we don't. I think that their eyes are open to a truth that I don't see. I think they actually wrestle with the word and they're being given life in a new way that I'm not. And that challenge will do one of two things. It'll either drive them further away, which we rebuke and pray against, or it'll bring them right into the crucible with you. And they'll be forged in fellowship with you. You know. I can testify a little bit, just quickly, I won't do that long, but of uh, an elder in our house, Elder Chris, right? He's my father-in-law, okay? Just to testify to anyone in this room, this might be encouraging to. That's my father-in-law. So I took his daughter to be my wife, and then, I'm not a dates guy, meaning I don't know the date, but a couple years later, later, I then took his wife to another County was another state, but he would have been the same either way. I took her away from everything we had, you know, the securities of life. She's a nurse, I have a family business. I took him away from all of that. But you know what that brother did and who he is now? He's our elder. But he could have had offense to that, and that could have drove him further away from the kingdom. And he could have resisted, like, well, they're doing that, I'm bitter, I don't have to do that. But he entered into the crucible with our body, our fellowship, and he sold his house. And he, and he gave away all his retirement. And now he's working full-time right near us, and he's serving the local body of Submission Ministries, and he wants to serve you. He, he desires greatly to be where we are. But I say that to say that keep doing this. Keep remaining in this crucible, and it will produce things in your life, in your family's life, and in the lives of all of the men and women that you see around you. And the nation will be reached through that. Amen? Amen. Everyone say, forged in fellowship.
1: Okay. So we saw in the beginning the crucible, the crucible which purifies and that also melts together. Melts down separates impurity and then binds together everything in that crucible the Lord is forming something he's purifying something yeah. and he's forming something And the in the means by which he purifies and forms is through the forge of fellowship you remain in this long enough you become pure and pure and you become stronger and stronger not on your own but together okay this is a long process yeah and the sacrifices get greater and greater and greater yeah because it gets hotter and hotter and hotter and as each piece begins to melt down it becomes less and less about the individual and more and more about the whole we start we've been talking about the Apostle Paul and um, don't go there but in Acts chapter 9 you know the story the testimony of the Apostle Paul (laughs) He's knocked off the horse, he's going, he's on his way to Damascus, and this is the persecutor of all the church. And a man named Ananias receives a vision from heaven, the Lord says, go to this man. Yeah. Lord, are you sure? He's the killer. Go to him, because I'm about to show him all the things that he must suffer, so that my name might be known, just put it in our language, among the nations. Yep how much he must suffer how much heat he's going to have to take so that my purpose the purpose of my name being known among the nations might be accomplished they've got to know yes. so I'm going to show him how much he's going to suffer yes. the purpose of Paul wasn't to suffer the purpose of Paul was to bring the gospel to the nations yep. anyone identify with that purpose? Sure, nobody else should, in here? come on I know, I know y'all do. No this has question. been put into the foundation of who you are. I know it. <laughs> no one likes to raise. The any. Lord is placing it right into you. You, you know you that you exist for the for the reaching of the nations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the means by which that would happen is the suffering and the afflictions that Paul would have to experience, and that is to be mimicked, right? As we saw in Epaphroditus, as we saw in the house of Stephanus, as we've seen in. Which one was it? Onesiphorus, Onesiphorus that one. Has seen in Onesiphorus? Onesiphorus. And so this carries on. And we see in the book of 2 Timothy, mm-hmm. chapter 4, he's writing to another one of his sons in the faith, which means that this son is going to do just like his daddy did, yeah. which is suffer so that the nations might know the love of Jesus.
0: Amen. Yeah.
1: But he's writing to him in 2 Timothy, chapter 4. I'm going to share this passage with you because the Lord's been working it in my heart over a couple of years, and then uh, it's culminated into a revelation that I want to share with you all that I think helps us understand the value of the heat of this crucible. 2 Timothy 4, verses 16 through 18. Everyone say, The forge of fellowship. The forge of fellowship. At my first defense, no one supported me. But all deserted me. Wow. Everyone say, not fellowship.
0: Not fellowship. Can
1: you fellowship alone? No. If you're schizophrenic, perhaps. But no, you cannot. You cannot fellowship alone. No. Paul says, at my first defense, you know what this was? He's surrounded by Gentiles, facing a Sanhedrin. The scholars of the known world... And he is in front of everyone saying, tell us what you've been blabbing about. Mm. This dead God who's supposedly alive and we all are supposed to listen to. He's speaking in this absolutely intimidating courtroom and it's the very purpose of his life. He's proclaiming the gospel of Jesus before the nations. Right there. He says, "At my first defense no one supported me but all deserted me doesn't that hurt think of one of your pastors writing a letter to a disciple years down the road saying man nobody was with me how does that make you feel imagine your pastor being alone declaring the gospel and he wasn't supposed to be alone there were actually people who were supposed to be with him and they deserted him how does that make you feel should hurt.
0: Yeah.
1: Gets a little glorious for a moment, but won't be our focus. No, Verse good. 17 says, "But the Lord stood with me." <whistles> Amen. Hallelujah, right? "And strengthened me in order that through me the proclamation might be fully accomplished and that all the Gentiles might hear." And I was delivered out of the lion's mouth. The Lord will deliver me from every evil deed and will bring me safely to His heavenly kingdom. To Him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Wow, well, this is an encouragement for you because the Lord will never desert you. But let me, let me apply this to us now because we're a brotherhood. If you're deserted in this room, raise your hand. Right. You're not alone, are you? No. No. Do you plan on doing anything the Lord's asked you to do all alone no. no do you plan on letting anyone else in here do what the Lord's called them to do alone of course not you
0: probably get upset right when you hear any of that like you moved and didn't tell me or you went and did that and you didn't even let me know I have. I always struggle with fear of missing out so when these brothers do something and I'm not there I I'm, I'm always upset I want to be with them amen sorry
1: now imagine this though because if you didn't see Paul's purpose as your own you might find the opportunity to desert him if you didn't see the calling on your pastor's life as your own you might find an opportunity to desert him. If you didn't find the calling on your brother's life to be also your own, you might take advantage of the opportunity to skirt around some opposition, hop on out of the forge, and let him do it alone. And you might find encouragement in this passage, like, Jesus will stand with you, brother. He's got you. Do you know why Jesus stood with him? Because a brother didn't. Yeah. So there's two parts of this. One, we're going to, you know, we we want the Spirit to preach this to us. Like, feel the weight. You've got to stay with your brothers. Jesus showed up because his brothers didn't. But do you know what Jesus did? What is implicit here is that the presence of brothers amounts to the presence of Christ. Do you feel the weight of fellowship now? Being together means Jesus is with you. Yeah. We like to throw that passage around. I don't even know where it is. It's in the Gospels. Yeah. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, yeah. the scripture will be taken out of context. Yeah, we'll um, no, it's there I am with you. It's true. That's wonderful. <laughs> Praise God. And I mean that. And. But that's not, that's not light. That's not flippant. We're talking about a forge. Suffering. Anguish. Because everyone hops out of the forge when it gets too hot. I was just here so I could get rid of my addictions. I wasn't here to, like, Mm, actually be connected to you and be one with you. I wasn't here to be fully united with you and get rid of everything that's my own and share everything with you. That's too much. I was only here for, no, the presence and the fellowship of the brothers is the presence of Jesus. And guess what that means? The proclamation was fully accomplished. You stay together, the work will be done. The Lord is doing this between submission ministries and remnant church because there's a work to be done, and it's not gonna, it's not supposed to get done without our being forged together. Man, God will get it done, but shame on me if it's in my absence. I want to I want to be the catalyst. I want to be that the means by which we get done. I want you to be the means by which we all get done what the Lord's asked us to do. Yep. Because we're not individual pieces anymore, whether individuals or churches. Yep. Around. The, yep. We are being forged together. One. And the longer that we're at this, the hotter and tougher it's going to get, the more costly it's going to be. But the closer to accomplishing the task we will more. get. Yeah. Psalm 118, Help verse 7. It, Help us see it, Help us see it. The first half of this scripture is just absolutely beautiful. It says, the Lord is for me among those who help me. Yeah. The presence of God is in my favor and manifest as, my, as favor of God toward me among those who are with me yep. to help me.
0: Certainly. When I'm in my
1: need, my brothers show up. Jesus is there. He is, you are filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions toward me. You are paying a high cost, enduring the heat of that crucible, so that you can be bound together with me and with the Jesus, calling that God has for us to accomplish together. A great cost to you. But this is how the kingdom is built. Remember we said the crucible gets rid of the individuals, gets rid of the impurities, and then makes them all one? It's not just enough to be holy. You're not really holy unless you're connected to the body. Romans chapter 8. I'm going to read verses 12 through 17. Yeah. Because in Colossians chapter 1, I think it's verse 12, it talks about how we've all been qualified to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Doesn't that sound a lot like we're all going to be taking hold of one thing together? We're all sharing an inheritance. We've all been qualified as individuals to come and share one big inheritance. Because we're meant to all be together. If you're in Romans chapter 8. So then brothers, begin verse 12. We are under obligation, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Amen. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And the Spirit of God will lead us all to the same crucible. For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again. Don't be afraid of the heat. You've received a spirit of adoption as, by, as sons by which we cry, Abba Father now tune in real close right here verse 16 the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God who loves this verse come on we're sons Sonship. and if we're sons for children then we're heirs it gets better you're not just children you're also heirs Wow this is amazing Heirs also, heirs of God, and fellow heirs with Christ. Oh, not just sons, but heirs, not just heirs, but heirs with Jesus. Yeah. This is incredible. Yeah. Whoa, but guess what? It comes with conditions. Yeah. If indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Come on. This crucible, it ends in glory. Purification is being removed individuality, being absolutely blurred to the point that you can't find an individual, you just see the whole, melded together perfectly, perfectly holy and pure all together, this is glory, sharing in the inheritance, if you'll stay with it, if you'll submit if you'll devote yourselves continually to the apostles teaching to the breaking of bread to the fellowship, to the prayers if you'll hold on if you hold on then you will inherit with Christ and with one another but only if you hold on the Lord is forging something he's not just forging your holiness he's forging our holiness and he's forging us in holiness to unity and so what we've seen in the scriptures today is as we mature we go from just Having to deny ourselves a couple hours of sleep and a meal all to ourselves, which is weird if you want that. But um, we're having to deny ourselves of those things in the beginning, but then we have to be willing to sign up for the costlier fellowship. The forge is getting hotter. Fellowship, you want to stay in fellowship? It's going to get hotter. It's going to get hotter. And one last thing before I kick it back over to Pastor Zach and we close out here. We're going to talk for a moment about Acts chapter 2. Amen. But you all know that passage, right? They're breaking the bread. They're selling everything. Everyone's excited, full of, filled with awe and wonder and fear because of the signs and wonders being done. And people are getting healed. Everyone's shouting and dancing. And it's yeah. a good time. Woo! And then Stephen gets rocked to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and you go everyone's sharing bread that's good that is good that is good everyone say that's good that's good but I want you to see the progression of remaining in the crucible go to Revelation chapter 1 yeah a man who was there in Acts chapter 2 the youngest of the Apostles zealous one John the beloved You know part of this whole new exciting thing instructing everyone i mean it's beautiful 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 they're sharing in bread in acts chapter 2 but i want to turn your attention to revelation 1 chapter 9 and i want you to picture the progression of what's happening in this crucible you begin in acts chapter 2 but in revelation 1 verse 9 i john not your apostle not your boss not your pastor. Now, I mean, all those things, absolutely. But that's not what he says. I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the tribulation. We're not talking about bread anymore. No. We're talking about blood. Tribulation. Blood. We're talking about broken bodies. We're talking about anguish. We're talking about suffering. I'm partaking with you in it. Yeah. And then he goes on to recite the glory that, he was, that was revealed to him on. On Patmos but he begins with that you, you see it began with bread we're all beginning with bread here Come on. but the Lord's growing us up isn't he he's turning up the word. heat turning up the heat and pretty soon the sustenance between us will be the hardships we share yeah will be the cost that we pay together yeah no longer individual no longer impure but all melted together as one in this forge of fellowship yeah. that's good amen. amen
0: look I'm gonna read a few more passages of scripture that the Lord has given. And then um, we're going to close. We'll have you stand and we'll close, we'll pray. I don't know, I don't know what we do when we close here, but Pastor Mike is gonna come up and lead us and direct us. But I wanna read a couple more scriptures to you. So if you go with me to the book of Acts, I just wanna read Acts two with you and then give us a, um, uh, a call to, to response. A call to response to what the Lord's doing. Um, let's do Acts 2 first. Acts 2 and the 41st verse. It's in my notes, but I'll just leave it. So then it says, those who had received his words were baptized and they were added that day about 3,000 souls. That's a lot of souls. Yeah. And they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings, and to the fellowship, and to the breaking of bread, and to the prayer. And it goes on in Acts 2, 43. It says, everyone kept feeling something. They kept feeling this sense of awe. And many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. And it goes on, 45. They begin selling their property and selling their possessions. And were sharing them with all, as anyone might have need. And day by day, continuing with one mind in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day to those who were being saved. Look, there's a, I pray that there is a, a newfound weight on that scripture for us after today. Um, because the Holy Spirit is leading us and guiding us to put a proper weight on fellowship, to put a proper weight on the devoting ourselves to the teaching. What does it mean to devote yourself to the teaching? Get with your pastors and talk about that further. What does it mean to break bread together? Get together with your pastors and talk about this. What does it mean to fellowship now? You may say, pastors, what are these men trying to tell us we need to do differently? Talk to them. They have the wisdom of heaven imparted to them. And keep doing what you're doing. It's good. Prayer. Corporate prayer is something we're finding. We should, you know, maybe we're behind on that. I say we all probably are. More and more and more and more as the time draws near. We need it. We're nothing without it. But I do want to read this to you. You don't have to go there. Just trust me. John 6 52 through 71 does that make you nervous (laughs) write it down 52 through 71 you might already be a little familiar with this passage and I say it not to necessarily challenge the, the hearts or the minds in this room because I don't feel as I stand here that there are any flight risks that might just walk right out the back door I see hungry men and women Hungry sons and daughters who want the truth and who are willing to remain in a crucible to get it. But we must hear this. They begin to argue with one another in, in 52. How can this man give his flesh to eat? Jesus has presented them something that's a little bit of a, a hard thing for them to take. You're getting to the kingdom if you eat my flesh or drink my blood. Be like me. Suffer like I'm suffering. Do what I'm doing. Jesus says to them this, Truly I say unto you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in yourselves. Think of that last supper when he's breaking bread with them. What's he doing? He's passing the bread around not to feed them, but to say, relate with me in the sufferings that are about to happen. The bread of affliction, eat it with me. So, 54, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Father sent me for this. This is what we are to do. Go on in the 60th verse. Many of his disciples though when they heard this said this is a difficult statement. Who can listen to it? They said that from afar right? You know like maybe we're in the corner or we're in the privacy of our house and we're saying what in the world is going on? We're not going to live like this. I'm not going to go over there. I'm not going to do this. And Jesus hears them though. He hears them. He's conscious of what they're saying. conscious of their grumbling and their complaining and their desire to climb out of the crucible. He says, well, does this cause you to stumble? What then? If you should behold the Son of Man ascending where he was before, it is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. But there are some among you who do not believe. Now, I don't think that's you. I'm just saying. There are some going to be among us that don't believe this. So we, you and me, we need to get this rooted within us deeply. There are some among you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were and who would betray him. And 66 says this. Now this will not be any of the believers and the remnant that makes up this church. But you need to have this ingrained in you and feel the weight of this so that you can be praying for your brothers and sisters who may not be here right now, but are coming. It says this, as a result of this, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. Now, some of you know men who have done this. We have this in our, unfortunately, we have this to say within our ministries, this happens. Jesus said, therefore, to the 12, you don't want to go away as well, do you? Is this too much for you? May we be like Simon Peter, okay? All of you in here, may you be like Simon Peter and say, Lord, to whom shall we go? Lord, I don't, I don't want to leave the crucible, crucible. Because regardless of how bad it hurts, and maybe I've grumbled, maybe I've complained a little bit. Well, where else would I go? Oh God, where else would I turn to? May that get in, ingrained in us as we think about fellowship. Yeah, this hurts, but... Yeah, this was a lot to sacrifice, but where else shall we go? He has the words of eternal life. And we have believed and we have come to know that you're the Holy One of God. And Jesus answered them, Did I myself not choose you, the twelve, and yet one of you is the devil? Now he meant Judas, the son of Simon, for he was one of the twelve who was going to betray him. Come on, saints, you can stand with me. May this house be a house that stands continuously, who is devoted to the teaching, who has a deeper revelation of what that means, who's devoted to the breaking of bread and who stands together in prayer and in sacrifice remaining in the crucible so that the fellowship will be forged in fire and so that the fellowship will be a fellowship that remains true until the last days when true trial and adversity come you'll have this. You'll be able to turn to your left and to your right and see your true brothers and sisters standing beside you. Amen.
2: Amen. Come on, who was blessed by that word? Yes. Who's been blessed by fellowship and being forged together? Come on. Was this an on-time word? Yeah, Yeah, thank you. These pastors brought gifts from heaven to us and we must take it to heart. This isn't just a, a word that we go home and forget about. This is a yeah. word that we put into practice. Yes, yeah. Lord. You can't game relationships like this yeah. without being put through a furnace. Yeah. Yeah. A crucible, a yes, furnace. Lord. These are words that we have heard for years now and it's because he's trying to get Teach something you, beautiful Lord. out of this yes, body. Lord.
1: Yeah.
2: I want to read a scripture for you Come and then on. we're going to close this thing out. Submission Ministries is in a time of advancement, very similar to Remnant Church. The other day I was with these brothers and I was reminded of Isaiah 54 verse 2. Yes. It says, Enlarge in the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Amen. And your descendants will dispossess nations Come on. and settle in their desolate cities. Yep. And I want to close this out by praying for submission ministries. That they might advance all that God has asked of them so that sons and daughters would return back to the Father in heaven and that they would reap a a huge harvest for His name. So lift up your hands. Stretch out your hands towards these pastors right now. Let's begin to pray. Lord God, we know, Lord God, that heaven is coming down to earth in Virginia, Lord God these men, Lord God, for you are calling them, Lord God, to be men who sharpen one another, Lord God, for the advancement of your kingdom. Lord, we're thankful, Lord. Thank you for the words that you spoke through these men, Lord God. It is encouragement to our spirit and to our soul. Lord, we're so blessed to have brothers, Lord God, who feed us with your word, who feed us by your spirit, Lord God. Lord God, I'm yes. asking that there have been overflow in this yes. season Come for on. submission ministries. Yes. Lord, Lord God, God, as they're building, Lord God, that they would have favor in their city, in their county, Lord Jesus. Lord yes. oh God, that more Lord, uh, men would be added to their church, Lord. Yes. Lord God, that more young men uh, and your more young yes. women would be added, Lord God, yes. for your sake, Lord. Yes. Lord God, we thank you for these strong pastors, Lord. Lord God, that they have everything they need for life and godliness, Lord God. And you're shaping them, Lord God. You're giving them helpers in ministry. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Zeke, Lord God. Lord, in the way that he fathers a generation that has not had fathers. Lord, we thank you for Pastor Zach, Lord God. that he inspires the church to get up and live victoriously for the kingdom. Lord God, and Pastor Jake. Oh God, for he Lord, God, makes God, clarity Lord, come Lord, for those who are confused yeah, on, by God. your scripture and by your word, Lord. Well God, God, and it lives God, 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 God. God. so graciously God, God. inside of them. God, God. God. Lord, in this season, we're praying for an overflowing, Lord, yes, buddy, advancement of your spirit to come. Lord, that signs and wonders would accompany your sons who believe in big things. Lord, so we bless these brothers, we bless these pastors. Lord, and we are so grateful for the word that they have for us today. Lord, we love you and we thank you. Amen.